Time for another edition of AEW Unrestricted. Tony Schiavone and referee of the century, Aubrey Edwards. What's going on, girl? Good. I pay him to say that. I know you do. I know you do. 20 bucks. I'll pay you back in flip-flops. Oh, How does that sound? <laughs> wow. No shots there. No. <laughs> we welcome Miro with us uh, to our podcast. Buddy, it's great to see you. How are you? Oh, best day ever. Every day is the best day ever. And yeah. today is so much more special. We have this amazing podcast that I was really looking forward to doing. Yeah. And I woke up seven hours prematurely to do it. So I agree. <laughs> I'm so kidding. you woke up at like 2 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get ready. <laughs> you had to do your hair. Uh, clearly. I had to get my material, my everything else, all the stories. And I'm glad oh, to be here, though. I got, I got a story for everybody. And, uh, Miro, you know the story. I, I did not know you were going to be there that day. I didn't know you were coming that day. I didn't I either. Walk- yeah. I mean, it was it was a great secret. I, I you know, I, I the way I feel is if I don't know, that's fine. I don't care. It's it's fine. But you kind of stepped out the one of the locker rooms there. You said, hello, it's Miro. And I went, hey. And then I went, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> After you went back inside. And so I, I, I tracked you down later to to talk to you because it just really shocked me. So I, that's my way of saying, man, we are glad you're here. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I had no idea you were there. I think I was talking to Dean about some match, and he's like, hey, have you met my friend Rusev? And he, like, points at you and then walks away. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is where I go say hi. Like, uh, Classic Dean. Yeah. Um, you guys are the best. Thank you for the kind words. It was a surprise for a lot of people, but mostly it was a surprise for me because I was used to you know, everything, it's it's a small community, wrestling, we all know each other, we love each other. Right. Hopefully we love each other. We love you. Yeah, well, I love you guys. But I was, so I was, I was totally okay if it leaked out. I was so used to it, but I didn't care at the same time because you're not going to spoil my moment. You're not going to spoil this huge opportunity I've been waiting for so long. And then <sighs> nothing came out. And I came backstage and they were like, oh, hey, and I introduced the girls. It's my turn. <laughs> So your dog? So, yeah, Pickles. Pickles. Oh, sure. Pickles, come here. Yeah. We've had uh, Brian Cage's daughter, his two-year-old daughter, be a guest on our podcast. So a dog is totally acceptable. Oh, oh look at God. Pickles. My look gosh. Look at that dog. What a furball. This is my Pickles. We oh. have two dogs currently right yes. now on screen. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, have yeah, Bug saw, and Pickles. I saw, I saw Bug. Yeah, Bug just kind of, he just, he don't give a damn about anybody. He just kind of no, lays he just out. lays in the back. <laughs> But I love the shirt as well. Thank you. So uh, as I was saying, yeah, uh, I came backstage and people were like, I was introducing myself and a lot of people did exactly what you did. They couldn't Mm -hmm. even realize that, you know, I've done some stuff before. So I was like, hey, my name is Mira. Hey, man, what's up? And they just move on. Mm -hmm. And then you have the five hours later. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know exactly what happened. Are you (laughs) right? Right. Wow. I love that because maybe it's the hair. Maybe just because I'm Jack. I think it's the hair. Maybe it's the hair. Yeah. I'll take it. But that's what I wanted. I wanted a surprise factor. I wanted I wanted to have that on the big return because it was, I was just so excited to get there, man. I was so excited. Yeah, it's, so great to have, it's great to have you. As, as we told you, uh, this is an interview where we're talking about you and, and your life. And there's no better way to start talking about someone's life than start talking about birth. Oh, my God. Because that's where it all starts. On Instagram, to your mother on Mother's Day. You said, sorry, it took you three hours to give birth to me. Three, three days, sorry, I was, I, I was, yeah, three days to give birth to me. Sorry. I was a 15 pound baby. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. 
You got you to go big or go home. That's what they say. <laughs> so I was definitely go big. Yeah, and still are, by the way. How when you first heard? How old were you when you first heard the story from your parents? I was a kid. I, I knew. I remember. I always knew it since I was a kid. Because in my mind, they have to explain to me why am I so much bigger than everybody else? Why am I so much bigger than my brother? And I feel like that's why when they always pull out the weight, you know, you came out at 15 pounds, your brother was just like seven and a half. And I always used to eat all his food when I was a baby and all that kind of stuff. So it's just the story follows along since I was a baby. I loved eating. Mm -hmm. And... uh and it just carried me through my whole life until maybe I think I got, I, I hit puberty. Then maybe my weight came down a little bit, but then my, my, my height shot up a little bit, uh, you know, further up. And then eventually when I was 20, my weight caught up. So I was about 300 and six one and all that. And, Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. So how often did your mom remind you of this story? Cause I was a 10 pound baby and my mom liked to remind me like every week. Well, she doesn't remind it to me. I just like to brag with it because it's a bragging story. When you think about it, she does give me, she was in the hospital for three days with all in, in pain and all yeah. that. And, and trying to, and finally, I think they were, they were watching Star Wars movie before that. They were in the movie theater watching Star Wars movies and there was no seats available. So they sat on the stairs. And then when my mom felt, uh, you know, oh, things are happening. So they left the movie. And uh, they went to a hospital. And three days later, on December 25th, Christmas mm-hmm. Day, 10 a.m., here I am wow. once again. Oh, well, man. not once again. First time ever. <laughs> first time ever. That's how, that's how it all started. So being born on Christmas Day, does that mean, like, your birthday sucks because you end up getting man. birthday and Christmas presents all on the same day? So when we were kids, when I was a kid, we had a lot of presents because it was a communist time and my parents used to travel to Russia for work or for different things. So they always bring us toys. But as communism fell down, you know, democracy came in and nobody had money. Nobody had food, let alone money. So presents were definitely tight on, on Christmas. But I, didn't, I never cared about that. I just, I wanted everybody to be happy. Never cared about having more shoes or more presents. Because, uh, but now I do. So that was when I was a kid. But now, <laughs> sure. you know, and, and this is definitely something that I've noticed throughout the people throughout the world is, you know, when you've been limited and you can't, uh, you can't have all these things when you're a kid. And once you succeed in life and you have a little bit more that you can spoil yourself, mm-hmm. go out there and get every single thing that you missed all your life. <laughs> right. So now I get all kinds of shoes because when I was a kid, I loved basketball. I loved shoes. We couldn't afford the nice shoes, but now I'm all about shoes. I'm all about video games. And I don't think it's a bad thing because they're not bad things. It's just that those are things that I love doing since I was a kid. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it back then, but now I'm a big kid, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm the same way. I, I'm, a, I'm a big kid. I love video games. And I'm just telling you, enjoy your success, right? You should. You really should. And you should be very proud of it. And I wanted to well, talk to I, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it's just about success. Again, I don't measure anything in success. I just measure everything in uh, how comfortable can I make my family? How comfortable can I make my wife? And how sure. trust, how, how God, is he happy with me? Is he unhappy? For me, never Hall of Fames and, and main events and different things. Yeah, they're great. But if it happens, it happens. A lot of these things are not in my hands. And if it's not, there's no way for me to stress about it. It's a great attitude. It really is. Let's talk a little bit about coming into AEW. Uh, 
when did you first start talking about coming into AEW and the storyline of being uh, the best man for Kip? We started talking maybe a few months ago, but we didn't know uh, what are we coming for. for. And then we started, we talked to Tony and he wanted to bring us in and we took time and we wanted to execute the exact amount of uh, the right contract for the light, right time, the right opportunity. I always, I was very keen on telling him that I'm very passionate about different projects, about my Twitch, about uh, working in other place and doing different things like outside projects. And he was very open to it. And that mm-hmm. was a huge, huge, like, wow, like, you really care that I should that I can succeed on my own on the outside and we can use that. So that was that was the biggest plus out of everything. And as soon as I heard that he's willing to do that for me, I was willing to uh, you know to work with Tony at the same time. And and let's be honest, there is no other better place than AEW out there at all. So right. it was a no brainer. It was definitely a no brainer for me. And I'm so glad and, and so blessed that this whole thing is happening. And uh, I can relive, I can live again what I really love to do, which is professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I want to do a follow-up to that, and then then, uh, Aubrey get the next question. But the follow-up to that is almost a comment. Working for Tony, working with Tony, he allows you to to blossom out and do other things. Right. And and that's what makes it special here. I'm sure you would agree with that. Yeah, he he puts it on to you. Like, what do you want to say? Well, Tony, this is what I feel like saying. Well, cool, let's just... Go out there and say it. Right. And and when Chris told me about, you know, because, again, about the first promo, and I, I had an idea what I wanted to say. And, and Chris was there, Jericho, and Jericho is the best at that. So I went, Chris, do you mind? So I ran it by him, and he just gave me the the line about the brass ring. Mm-hmm. And I was so shocked because never in my mind I would think I could say anything like it because I think the worst thing before that I said was ass. Right. And I felt like a bad boy for seven years because I said ass. And I was like, my wife, I'm like, you see that? I said ass last night. <laughs> but, but, but last night, it was like, you know, last week or two weeks ago was a completely different thing. But once again, it made sense. It's, it was not forced. It wasn't like, oh, you just say something, but it's, it's not. It was making sense. And it was not like the worst insult. Everything had to make sense. And I think it did. And as I said, now that we're moving on and we're going to a bit of better things. It's really nice having the creative freedom and like being able to just be genuine. A lot of that just comes across in the product quite a bit. I'm I'm sure that you've probably found this so far. And just to echo like Tony's point, like TK's the best boss I've ever worked for. Like if you haven't figured that out yet, it's <laughs> every time you go to work, you're just gonna be like, man, this guy is freaking dope, man. Like <laughs> he just lets you do whatever you want. You're the expert. And he's excited about it, too. He will support you. But at the same time, if he, if he has a different vision, he will let you know about it. He's like, no, I see this filming this way. Okay, cool. But he's like, but you say what you want. I just want to, I just, I see the shot this way. All right, Tony, whatever you want. You're the boss. But at the same time, he still gives me the creative freedom to create what I want with, in, the, in the setting that he wants to set up. I want you guys to bench press today. Cool, I'm going to bench press. What do you want me to say? Whatever you want. Oh, okay. So your idea is for me to bench press. It's my idea to say, I can work with that. <laughs> Instead of trying to learn like a seven-page script and all that, which I guess different people work different different things, but I much rather, I think I'm way better of coming up with my own words instead of memorizing somebody else's writing five minutes before I go out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you're on the show now. You're Kip's best man. Mm. He's he's legit getting married, him and Penelope, in real life. Mm. Do you have any advice for Kip, since you are indeed the best man? Uh, love your wife. Love your wife more than everything. People are going to... But it's true. People are going to attack your relationship. People are going to attack 
everything and they're gonna try to tear you apart but this is where love comes and i was so happy and blessed because my love and cj didn't come from a physical attraction we came from a bond that we had for us living overseas together you know separately but in the eastern block and then god god was a big uh was a big we started going to church together before we even hooked up before we did anything and that was our big our biggest kind of fall in love moment was once we found out we love pink the singer <laughs> uh, we love god and we were stuck working professional wrestling together all the time and all this blossomed into this beautiful love relationship that now you see people trying to take away or they're trying to spoil it they're trying to do all kinds of stuff but do not let that bother you man because people are just going to hate they're going to hate because you love somebody else because you love somebody who is beautiful who is young and you're young and you're beautiful and you just can't let that happen you just it's impossible because love is what's going to save the world it's not it's not your drama it's not your money it's not your latest car it's not that man it's love and caring for people you have uh a tremendous attitude buddy i love it i mean what else is there money comes and goes yeah just... money comes and goes man and it's and you, you just have to understand and i had i couldn't understand it before but you have to come to this point and it sucks when you're like when you're 20, I don't think you can understand that. Unfortunately, you have to live life and you have to go through some rough stuff, rough patches, gut patches, you know, and all that. But eventually you sit down and, and kind of summer it all up. It's like, oh, well, I guess all I can trust is my wife and my family because everything else is going to turn around and talk shit, write shit mm -hmm. and try to take something out. Like, that's why you have to you have to know who your biggest supporter is and you got to be able to trust your wife. I've I've known uh, uh, many of the uh, the the coaches, the producers, the agents of the WWE for many years. Arn being one, and Dean being another, and Scott Armstrong, and all those guys. And they would all. I, I came to a couple events, and I remember them saying, "Rusev is like the nicest, most positive guy you will ever want to meet." And I get it. <laughs> now I really get it. Yeah, uh, more people. More people should. Uh, should use exactly what you say. Talking about WWE, you wanted to leave WWE before AEW was ever in existence. And talk about that wanting to leave. What, what, what did you have planned? I don't know if I had planned anything. I don't think I had planned anything. I just, there was a point when I was really unhappy. I, would, I didn't make a big fuss. I didn't go out there. Once again, the Stooges, the Stooges <laughs> find out that I wanted to leave. Yeah, because Stooges. there was only one person I went and said, Mark, I want to leave. Uh -huh. Like, all right, bud, we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. That was maybe two or three years ago, whenever it was. Right. Of course, nothing happened, but the internet find out about it the same day. <laughs> Ridiculous the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, whatever. It's really whatever because you can't go nowhere to complain. Once you go to complain somewhere, it leaks right out. So who do you go to tell? Because if you're unhappy, who do you go and tell? Because you can't get a meeting with the big boss. It's just impossible. Yeah. You go to you go to whoever you're supposed to and it leaks right to the dirt sheets. Where am I going? Where, where do I complain? People have mental breakdowns. There's nowhere to complain. It's it's so it's so like it, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. So you talk a little bit about you know, love for your wife and whatnot. CJ's great. Uh and then wanting to leave. Like, was she supportive of that? Of course, she's always supportive. She she's always supportive. She kind of now it's a little bit tough for her because now she finally well, it's not just her. I understand it as well, because we've known each other for so many years and 99 percent of the time we've been together. Yeah. Traveling, sleeping, eating, working out. Every single thing is 24 hours. We're together. 
And now all of a sudden, you know, we were lucky with the pandemic. Well, not lucky, but when the pandemic came in, we were kind of stuck together at home. But instead of us staring each other apart, I feel like our relationship grew from that. And uh, we got to share more time together and just not think about wrestling. We were just able to be human beings and, 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 and have a somewhat of a normal life, sleeping at home every night instead of five days at Marriott. So I think that definitely our relationship has grown since. But it's, it's hard. It's hard because now she leaves on, she lives on Sunday. Uh, she won't be back until Tuesday when I am already left. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like our schedule is definitely wrong. But, but with AW, we're lucky enough that we work every, you know, not, not as often. So right. uh, lucky for that. And, and also she works in Florida. We'll be able to get a, a house there or something. We can hang out more often. Once again, we're not going to be at home, but at least we're going to be together. Right. right. Orlando's only about like two and a half hours from Jacksonville. So yeah, but I'm bad. not going to Orlando. <laughs> She'll come to Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah, it's a much better place. We can meet in the middle, like I don't know, something Cocoa Beach or whatever. It's middle, just as long as it's on the beach. You just got to get a place on the beach, like Jr. Yes, yeah, yeah. She loves the beach. I like the beach, so we can make something happen. Awesome. We're talking to Miro, one of our newest signees at AEW. Next, we're going to be talking about early days in wrestling and coming to America from Bulgaria. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're here with Miro. There was a little break where we weren't recording. We were talking about dick pills. Because <laughs> that was the most unrestricted <laughs> break ever. <laughs> I mean, it's it's welcome to the welcome to the family, man. Like this is what we mm. do. So, uh, so yeah. you had a storyline at WWE where you were a sex addict. Uh, that's when I came out, and and they wanted uh, CJ to say that I'm a sex addict, but the original pitch was that I have erectile dysfunction. Mm. They really wanted to kill me, like completely, because I don't think in any anybody's eyes how the babyface has erectile dysfunction, and he's somewhat of a good guy. Which well, I, you have some sympathy. I mean, like, but, the, but you can't prove that wrong. And there's nothing wrong with people having erectile dysfunction. You know, there's the pills you can take care of it. You can watch the commercial from Aubrey, and you'll find out. You can mm-hmm. listen to our pills. commercials on Blue Chew. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see what kind of pills you need to take. Oh, it works. Mm-hmm. But that was not the case here. And there's no coming back from it. There's absolutely no coming back from it. And I, and I told him, Vince, this, this is going to bury me completely. You already, you already kind of, you have the man that took my wife and now I have all dysfunction and then I'm going to lose. I just don't think, well, I, I was not supposed to lose anyways, but that's just changing time. I just told him, no, I just think it's a better idea if we do the sex addict thing. So he went for it right away. But uh, thank God, thank God I did not have erectile dysfunction as a character. If you have one in real life, please see Aubrey. <laughs> I'll talk to you about it. It's great. Yeah. I have no problem talking about dicks. I do it all the time. Oh, jeez. Does she ever? Sounds so bad. Why? They're just body parts. Can you just say penis or something? I mean, you can. Like, okay. it technically works. So you were raised in Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great change of subject. Wow. The transition. I'm just reading the next line on the notes, brother. Like, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> Professional segue. <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the best. But yeah, so you, you raised in Bulgaria. Yeah. I, I'm going to butcher the name of the city, so maybe you'll just say it no, for you me. Won't. Please say it. Plovdiv? There you go. Hey! It was good. But you know that Plovdiv is the sixth oldest living city in the world. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Describe the city for us. Oh, man. It's, it's just a beautiful city. It's so beautiful. We have, we have seven hills, which I think only LA, Rome, and Plovdiv have. Like giant hills. We have a lot of green trees, a lot of uh, mountains around the city. We have 
a sea, Black Sea, which is two hours away from the city. Uh-huh. So in you can, it's like LA, technically it is like LA because you can be in the city in two hours, you can be in the mountains or in two hours, you can, you can go at the sea, whatever you choose. Sure. That's why Bulgaria, Bulgaria is so beautiful. It's a small country, but we can offer every single entertainment for each one, whatever you want. You want skiing, you go skiing. You want to see, you go see, you go to balcony, you want the mountains, you, you get there, you have the food, you have mm. every single, you can spoil yourself and it's not that expensive. And that's why it was so great for all the foreigners to come, you know, during vacation times. But just now with COVID kind of killed everything. But it's it's a beautiful city, man. And it's not, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, a, it's just like, it's, it's home. It's home. I know that I can, my morning routine, I was just home in Bulgaria uh, a couple months ago. I would go down from the apartment building across. I get myself coffee. I walk 10 minutes to the gym. I, I finish my gym work. I walk back 10 minutes home. Then my mom or somebody will make me lunch or food. I'll eat that. And then I can start go to the car and see my friends 10 minutes away, get a coffee, come back. Everything is so, so much smaller and so much close distance. You don't have to travel four hours to see your best friend. None of that, man. Everything is just right there. That sounds wonderful. Everything is right there. Oh, it's, it's it, the yeah, best. It does. It's literally the best. What's what's the cl- uh, climate like there normally? They have all we the have seasons? four seasons. Four seasons. Four seasons. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's what the beautiful. Like I love California, but it's always the same, and you don't know when time goes. Yeah. Well, if you're in a, even Nashville, I love Nashville because we do have the four seasons, and you notice how time changes. Oh, it's summer. It's winter. It's but here, hey, it's always sunny. Yeah, <laughs> it's always right. sunny in California. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you attended a sports school in Bulgaria? I did. Yeah. I did. My mom, my dad did before me, my brother as well, and then I did as well. Okay. What's a sports school and how is that different from a regular school? So sports school, it depends what sports you are. You can you can start probably first grade or fifth, seventh, eighth, whatever it is. So what you do is you go three hours in the morning. You go to school. So you do three or four classes. From there, you go to practice to whatever your sport is because everything is at the same. It's one huge a facility with outside, inside, indoors, outdoors. We have the rowing canal right under, behind the, the school. So we did three or four classes. Then you go to practice whatever your sport is. Then you go and get lunch. It's a one big open space for lunch. Everybody gets lunch. Then we go back to school for three hours. And then we go back to practice again, whatever your sport is. And then you can have dinner. Or if you're out, and then if you're outside of the city, there's places that you can stay and sleep. Or you can just go home. What was your sport? Rowing. Really? Rowing. Yeah, yeah. My mom was a rower. My dad was a rower. So I was. Yeah. I had a son who rowed in college for his first two years. It's a tough sport, man. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. They they would go to camp. And the, and the deal was to work out until you throw up. Yeah. Throwing up was something, the <laughs> normal thing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Just just push and push and push. Yeah. And it's, wow. But sports is such a beautiful thing. It's It develops a human being more than any school or anything else can prepare you because where else can you can you meet a challenge that you'll make you throw up or you'll make you suffer but then it will help you overcome all these because it's okay to do all these things because the next day you come better and better but now you're not afraid of failure yeah a lot of people are afraid of failure but you won't know that until you get there hey it's not that scary all i did is i just threw up tomorrow coming again I'll push hard. Maybe I'll throw up again, but I'll beat that record. Right. But that's what you learn from sports. It's sports is such an essential thing in development uh, development of young human beings that everybody should play sports. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So how do you make the transition from rowing to wrestling? I loved wrestling when I was a six-year-old boy. Loved it ever since I saw Hulk Hogan. I, I signed up for wrestling, amateur, college wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I went in. There was no ring. It was just a mat. I said, where's the ropes? <laughs> uh, <yep. laughs> there was no ropes. I stayed for two weeks and I said, all right. This is not what I want to do. <laughs> and I left. And then I went, I, I did different sports. I did judo, karate, Muay Thai. Uh, basketball was quite a few years. I played a lot of basketball. And I think from all these sports, I took certain elements from them. I took my hops from basketball. I, I took my endurance from rowing, my big legs from rowing. I took a lot of... Um, um, like hip overs, throws and tosses from judo and from all these other martial arts that I've done. So my whole life has been preparing me to be a professional wrestler. I was a taxi driver and taxi driver, you may think it's funny, but you drive all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And when you're a professional wrestler, what do you do is you drive all day, every, every day. day. Right. <laughs> professional around the Indies, that's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think my whole life is just one big preparation for me to become a professional wrestler. Wow. So you moved to the United States yeah. to pursue a professional wrestling career. And you, uh, you initially went to Virginia, right? Richmond, Virginia, yes. Yeah, why Virginia? Uh, so I was, I was 20 years old. In order for me to come to America, I have to, uh, it's very hard. And this is why American people don't understand how hard it is for people to travel or to come in, to be part of America. It's so hard. But, and I knew the way I can get in is for me to sign into college and get in a work and travel visa. Because when you're a student, they just give them out every summer. You can go summertime, you can go work for three or four months, travel, and, and you're good. And so I knew it and I knew that's what I was supposed to do. So I signed up to the European college in my hometown. I paid... I think about a thousand dollars because it was an expensive tuition for a month for a year, and, and but but it made it happen. They 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 gave me the right paperwork. I went to school. Then I went and got myself a visa. I got an interview, and the first job they offered me, because you have to go through an agency. They don't. They said we're gonna give you an, we're gonna give you an offer. You can decline, but if you decline, there is no guarantee. There's another one gonna come in. Mm. So the first offer that came in was me painting houses mm. in, in Richmond, Virginia. I got a call at about 8 a.m. I was still sleeping because I was working nighttime at the time. I was a security. And uh, they said, hey, we have this. And I'm like, oh, America, paint. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> just, just send me to America. <laughs> and later on, you know, not later on, I think as soon as I hung up, I, I've never painted anything but an egg in my life. I've never painted like at all i don't know and now i'm going to richmond in june oh. mm -hmm. yeah paint houses outside and if you're unfamiliar richmond in june is 100 degrees minimum outside it's awful. Mm -hmm. and it's 110 humidity so there's no there's no messing around it's, it's just a it's just a torturing but you have to do what you have to do and i tried i tried i i gave it a month i guess i was not the greatest painter but first of all, I don't, I, I don't have a painting experience, so I don't know how you even expect me to become this professional painter in a month. So they fired me. Mm. So month in, in Richmond, Virginia, I get fired. But not just like, hey, man, 
It's I'm not I'm not back in Bulgaria. If if you're from St. Louis, you get fired in St. Louis. All right, let me go back to my apartment and I'll find another job and I'll get my stuff together. When you're one month in America and you have a hundred dollars in your pocket mm. and you don't know anybody. And I, I didn't get driven off the house. I got thrown out of the house. Oh. Literally, they told me, pack your bags and leave and tell somebody to come pick you up. And I said, well, I don't know anybody. Right. Nobody to pick you up. Who's supposed to come and pick me up? Right. And uh, there was two boys that we were working together. They kind of knew what the owner was an asshole. Sorry. Uh, he was a bad guy. You can say asshole here. Oh. We talked about <laughs> your dick. Like. <laughs> I know. Not my dick. Somebody's dick. <laughs> That's right. Shivani's dick. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah he came and picked me up we stayed in his house in his apartment eight people in a two-bedroom apartment and from there just the the fight started it was just the fight of surviving i started working at wendy's two weeks lasted in wendy's um <laughs> I, I just don't understand how can you have four managers and two workers i just don't that in my mind that makes no sense sure and when it was time off like when it was downtime instead of us like getting our bearings together going clean well Come on, guys. And then they make me put the W. Have I told? I haven't told you that. So working in Wendy's, I've told that story many times, but I always get a pop out of it. Okay. So we get a burger. So I was making the burgers on the drive-thru. And they said, before you close the burgers, you're supposed to put a W for Wendy's with the mustard on top before you close it out with the bun. Okay. <laughs> so I said, wait, well, my mind, that makes no freaking sense whatsoever. And they said, well, Mr. General Manager, what if you turn the thing, the W upside down? Now it becomes M for McDonald's. He <laughs> literally said that. He said, he's like, whoa, I didn't think about that. <laughs> First of all, who is going to open their bud to see what's the letter it says? It's not like a surprise. Like, no. it's not Coca Cola under the cap. You put the numbers. It's none of that. No, it's just going to all like mush together and like soak into the bun. It's not going to look like a W. When, no, it's not going to look like a W when you pull it no. back anyway. No. No. Jeez. And now, if you're thinking, why am I Wendy's and why am I taking so long? It's because they're drawing your W to the perfect one little zip at the end. But yeah, sorry, I got carried away. No, that's but that's how the fight started. Uh, Wendy's, then I then I started working at cleaning stores, like Dollar Generals, where we would travel, once again, traveling. Mm -hmm. I was living in Richmond, Virginia. We traveled to Kentucky. We traveled to West Virginia. We traveled to Florida, all these surrounding states to clean Dollar Generals yeah. at night. So the store will close. We'll put these chemicals on the floor. We'll take all the wax out, and then we're going to re-wax the whole store again. Wow. Every night. Wow. We'll be on the road for 15 days at a time, sleeping in bad motels. Once again, getting me prepared for professional wrestling. Sounds yeah, like I'm it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Everything, everything. Um, shitty job once again. Uh, I got burned. They were supposed to pay me two grand. They paid me $1,000. And my friend said, I'm moving to, uh, to California. I said, well, California, that's Los Angeles. That's Hollywood. That's what I want to be. <laughs> that's what professional wrestling is. So from there, we hopped in a car, 1988, red Oldsmobile, mm. red in and red out. Oh. <laughs> Greatest car ever. Yeah. And we drove that thing from Richmond, Virginia to San Pedro, California without stopping. We just drove straight through. I'm driving, he's sleeping. He's sleeping, I'm driving. Uh, we got there and and I knew it was one step closer. I knew it was, I knew it was, it was a short period of my time that I closed the chapter of Richmond, Virginia, but I was so happy to be away from it because now I'm in the pot that everything happens. And, and it did. Yeah. 
It did. It was a great move. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to say that me being a native of Richmond, I mean, of, of Virginia, and have a lot of family in Richmond, I, I know about it. And I noticed Aubrey's face when you said Virginia. She went, <laughs> but, she, but she's from, uh, she's a left coast elitist, so I, I get that. So, um, so tangent. So I, I grew up in Northern California, and there was a point a couple years back where I worked for a company that was based out of Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I was basically trying to open up like the West Coast office in Seattle. And I went out to Virginia once for my interview. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this place is shit. <laughs> like, of course you want to open a West Coast office because no <laughs> one's going to move here. <laughs> I mean, Richmond is just a nice city. It's it's not, there's nothing major there. It's just nice people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, Tony. I'm trying. Yeah, I, I get you. The, <laughs> no, I, I, I'll finish up by saying they're nicer than people from uh, Washington State. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Although, to be fair, I'm not originally from here. So, okay, fuck you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's continue with the story. Uh, we want to talk about your Twitch channel. We want to talk about your success so far. And uh, you and Cesaro started playing video games together, right? Um, I've played with Cesaro for a, a long time. Right. A long time. But when did we start? I don't know. I don't know. What, what is this question leading to us so I can know where to go? No, just uh, just leading to your uh, your Twitch channel Twitch. and how did you okay. decide to do games on YouTube together and all of that? Okay, I'll tell you that. Okay, tell us that story. Um, Austin Woods. Austin Creed, sorry. Austin Creed, Xavier Woods. He was probably the main reason why I'm twitching today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shared the love of video games for so many years. I played video games ever since I was, I remember and I went through the whole story from the little Ataris to Nintendos to Segas to Playstations to computers, every single thing through my life. But I just, I never saw, I never thought of myself of playing video games in front of different people because we all have different emotions playing video games. I yeah. just wasn't sure if people want to go see that. Right. And But he told me, no, man, you're entertaining. You're so funny and you love video games. You should definitely do that. And it happened right as I was getting, as I got fired. So I had nothing else to do. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll give it a go. And then I wanted to go the full professional route because I don't half-ass anything. So I went and find the person who got me all the right equipment and all the right setups. Uh, but everything started because of Creed. He gave me the confidence. Um, and I think it was just timing as well because I, I don't think if I didn't get fired, I don't think I would have started the Twitch because it was so... I usually like to put 100% of what I'm doing. And when I was dressing, I just put 100% in that. But now, once that went away, I just hit the Twitch. So I put 100% in the Twitch. And I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the Handsome Chatters, with all the community, because we're such a, we have such a giving community. Like, you see people coming and giving 100 subscriptions or five subscriptions or throwing out. And it's all because they just want to support you and support the channel and support what you do. They believe in you. Right, and that's why now when I started wrestling, I can't I can't forget that I can't forget that when I needed something to do, the handsome chairs and my Twitch were there for me, and now I can't turn my back. Even though I love wrestling, I can't be like, "All right, Twitch, that was just a period of my time. Goodbye." Yeah. No, now I love doing it. I love I love every single person there and having communicating with them and and just shoot the shit if you if you will, and that's why now I love doing both and I will continue doing both. Please, please do. What's your Twitch channel name while we're at it? Miro TWCH. Miro TWCH. And this- it's kind of a Miro Twitch, but it was like late night and I didn't know you had one shot at 
creating the name. Yeah, you don't really get to change it. <laughs> so that was it. But I'm okay with it. All right, next we have our favorite time. It's time to answer the questions that were submitted by you guys using the hashtag AEW Podcast on Twitter. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here. We're talking Miro. We're at the fun, fun portion of the podcast, the Q&A. We had uh, a number of people on Twitter throw questions at us uh, that we're going to be asking you. So prepare. I'm ready. Yeah. So first up, we have from uh, Active Visitor. Active Visitor. I'm always going to butcher these. That's probably my favorite part of all this. We all do. Active Visitor on Twitter. Uh, what's your favorite championship belt in wrestling history? Uh, my TV title. Oh, the one that you want? <laughs> the one that I got, the TV monitor that I got from one of the events. I don't know where was it. It was something that I jumped off a table to table. I think I drove Rome. Oh, we were the League of Nations. That's what it was. Can I can I talk about League of Nations? Yeah, of course. Yes, you can. So uh, we were the League of Nations. After day two, we found out that nobody gives a shit about League of Nations. We're there to create one thing. So I found that out. And then... Then I think Stu got hurt, uh, Barrett got hurt. I think Del Rio got hurt. And we were protecting Seamus because Seamus was a champion. So I knew that I, I was like, F it. I'm just going to bump. Every, I'm, I'm just going to do everything I, I need to because I don't care. And that's why I think Roman, I think we started joking is I'm here for, I'm here to bump Mike. I think something about the Miz, whatever it is, because that's what my mentality. I'm going to dare. I'm going to be a bulldog and we're going to bump for every single thing. I don't care because I was then pointing that I don't care because mm-hmm. if you don't care, I'm not, it's not that I don't care. I'm going to do 110%. I'm just going to have fun with it. Because this is my, this is the way of me dealing with the bullshit, is getting the bullshit and having fun with it. Mm, right. Because otherwise, I'll be stuck in your bullshit. You know, if I'm stuck <laughs> in your bullshit, then it's not going to be pretty for anybody. So I'm having fun. So there it is. I think Roman was laid across the table. I run like Umaga style, big splash, boom. Vince McMahon is there. And what I know, so I know, because Rikishi always taught me, right? Rikishi was my first, second trainer. He told me, you know, this is what makes you the money. So if Vince McMahon is there, where is that camera going to go? Of course, it's going to go to Vince McMahon. So what I do, I go and give him a big sweaty hug with all my sweatiness for the match. I just go and hug him and squeeze him so hard. And, uh, and you know, ha, 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 whatever. We got to pop in on the way out. I see this monitor and I'm like, I was so tempted. I'm like, you know what? F it. I grabbed that TV monitor, you know, the old ones, not the yeah. new, the, the LED, no, like the, the old big ones. Yes. The big one. I'm carrying it out and I'm walking out and the real sees that he's trying to grab it. I'm like, give me my monitor. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not throwing away that thing. And then on the way out, Big Show, you know, we were supposed to like kind of pass away with Big Show. I see him, I'm like, don't you dare, like with my little monitor. And I blew past. And to this day, I took the monitor home. Uh, nobody, well, they did ask for it. I then did, I said, hey, can I have it? They said, okay. So they let me have the monitor. And to this day, it's in my house, in my man cave in Nashville. And this is probably my most precious title. Oh, my oh, God. That is a tremendous story. Yeah, because everything else, it's it's a bullshit work. This was a real title. <laughs> this absolutely was. Uh, the uh, Davish King won on Twitter. What's your relationship with John Cena and how does it impact being on AEW? I, I love John. I, I can't be thankful enough for John for for teaching me how to wrestle. And, and, not, and when I say that, I knew how to wrestle. But teaching me timing, teaching me the psychology, teaching me how to listen to the people, react to the people having to be able to control the people the way you wanted it. 
that's what John taught me. And I love John. And I always had a great relationship with him. I, and me being an AEW, I don't think that would change anything because John is doing movies. Uh, John is doing great. And, and if I know that if I need an advice, I, I'm pretty sure I can just text him and that he will always, uh, he will always respond. Cause this is how John is. John, John cares, man. People think he's, he's this and that, but John really cares. I get that. So we got a question from a number of people on Twitter. Uh, who are you most looking forward to having a match or a program with at AEW? Oh, uh, boy. There's so many people. Because I haven't worked with any of these guys. It's, right. it's yeah. such a... It's all new, right? It's yeah. all new. And it's such a... It's like I'm a little kid. I have all these toys. And, and, and by that, all these toys, I mean nothing but respect for these guys because they, they're so good and they know so many things and... But who is the one that I'm looking forward the most? So I, as much as I love to work Moxley, I've worked with him before. Maybe right. not in a pay-per-view scale, but we did live events when we had some fantastic matches. I've worked with Brody. We've been attacking with Brody. I worked with Cody, I think. But I think Kenny, man. I think Kenny's going to be the man. Sure. Kenny is like, a, I don't know. He There's just something about He's him. He's a machine. You know, it's... it's it's the machine, it's the eyes, it's the attitude. And at the same time, he's so freaking good. And he thinks he's a, well, not he thinks he's a gamer as well. So I think it's, there's a lot of challenges there that, that I'm ready for, mm -hmm. yeah. that I'm ready for. I'm definitely, I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to being able to work with Kenny. For years, I've been watching him. Big fan of his. Can't wait. Oh, man. Yeah. I agree. Because also he's a big dude. He's not, and no disrespect to the small guys. Right. He's a big dude. Sure he's he is. He's big. He's in great shape. And there is no, there's, I don't think, as far as I know, as far as I've seen, uh, there is no negatives to him. Like it's all positive. It's all upsides. There's no like, oh, this guy's good in this and good in this, but he sucks at that. I don't think there's anything with Kenny like this. And it's not just Kenny. There's a lot of people in AEW that way. But just because we're talking about Kenny, there's no downside of him. No, he's right? he's one of my favorite people to work with because he just has that ability to push you to whatever that next level is. Like, yeah. where you're not sure, and then all of a sudden you're in a match like, oh, oh, this is what it's like. And that, that knee, man, that knee is devastating. So be careful. Yeah. I'm going to warn you I now. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> AJ Street 77 on Twitter wants to know, what's the best match you've ever seen in wrestling since you started? Man. Probably some of the best matches was the last couple of weeks that I saw personally live on AEW TV. I'm not even kidding. But if I have to go back to watch my favorite match, mm -hmm. uh, it's always going to be Hogan and The Rock. Mm -hmm. You just you can't change that. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many how many matches I see. This is the match for me, and I, I, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, "Oh, ooh, ah, it's oh, I it's tremendous." It. No, it's Those tremendous. Are, I, I'm just having goosebumps just talking about it. Right, I love that. It's the match, but it's the, it's the, it's the crowd. It's, it's how they think something is going to happen, but something completely different happens. But nobody give the shit about it because mm -hmm. the people were in the moment, the boys in the middle were in the moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to cry in a second. Oh, no, man. Anyway, look, hey, I, I get it. It was a magical moment. It was yeah, man. nostalgia, nostalgic, and it was, just, it was just a wonderful moment. And what's this, even better than this? I got to talk to Hogan about it. Really? Oh. I would, yeah. And this is the thing that I love. And people don't know about Hogan. Hogan is such a brother. I mm -hmm. love Hogan because you can sit down with him 
and he'll tell you all the stories of all the towns in Japan, in 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 Louisiana, whatever it is. He's yeah. such a brother, man. And I and I wish like I could spend more time with him so I can hear more of these stories because these are the stories that you want to hear firsthand. Yeah. And I'm so blessed that I've been able to know him. And now he texts me. Like, imagine my, my, the guy that I saw at six years old, that I said, Mom, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. Now he's texting me. Sure. It's, I mean, how can I, how can I complain? It's wild, right? Oh, man. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the weirdest thing. I love it. I love my life. So we have a question from Nivek CTE on Twitter. Alliance or Horde? Lance or Horde? Alliance or Horde for uh, World of Warcraft. Well, I'm not a World of Warcraft guy. Oh, you're not? Oh. So but I'll go. tell you why. Me and Brian Pillman Jr., he's a big on that game. So I told him that. I've talked to him the, the past couple of weeks. He said he's big on World of Warcraft. That's what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he is going to come. The new one, the new edition drops out October 19th or 21st. So Brian Pillman Jr. is coming to Mural Twitch. And we both are going to be streaming World of Warcraft while he's teaching me. And I'm sure it's going to be great for other people who has never uh, had to experience World of Warcraft. So it's going to be a great stream. It's such a like an old game and there's so much that has happened since then. Like there's yeah. an incredible amount of history. Like you're super yeah, lucky you're going to have somebody goes, like walking you through it. Yeah, I'm so happy with it because it's such a game that has been around for so long. And it's such a like popular game but i just haven't had the time because i know that people get on there and they wake up 45 years later mm-hmm. they're like what happened well you played world of warcraft that's what happened so, <laughs> i'm trying not to get there but i want to see why are these people like this i went to yeah. a, a better way i went to a game development school for my undergrad and uh oh. world of warcraft came out like the year before my freshman year and it was responsible for like the biggest number of dropouts Ever because people really? just started playing World of Warcraft and stopped going to class. <laughs> wow, wow, that's just come on, guys, get priorities. priorities. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> get a life, as we say. <laughs> it's okay uh, to play video games, right? Just put that timer on, divide your time, right? Jermaine on Twitter wants to know: Is your ring gear and AEW going to be a throwback or something totally new? You have to tune in and check it out. Oh <laughs> okay. yeah, right answer. I like it. Very good. <laughs> All right, Cactus Mac on Twitter. You have a really good grasp of comedy, committing 100% to your storylines and really getting the crowd invested in you. Who are your inspiration when it comes to character work? Uh, so many people. I, I grab people from, I, I grab stuff from everybody. I've, I've grabbed stuff from Stallone. I've grabbed stuff from Umaga. I grab stuff from Kurt Angle. I grab stuff from TV, from everything, whatever I see. From my father, I grab a lot of mannerism from my father. When my father gets mad, there's a certain thing that he does that I take. It's it's, and I've told him that many times. But this is this is what makes you stand out. It's like you get in these mannerism or these emotions from feelings that you had before. You just gotta keep them and 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 trying to be able to to bring them out when the time is right. Um, and, and that's the thing that I notice a lot with a lot of the performers. They're just like a lot of them going through emotion and they have nothing behind those punches or those moves. It's just moves well you need to have that emotion that's why people need to connect with you people cannot connect with the 460 off the top into a turnbuckle into the table down under the ring straight to hell because people haven't been to hell you know but people can relate with that raw emotion of like oh man he's really hurt or he's really sad or 
oh, he's going to tear his freaking heart out and he doesn't even give a shit about anybody else. You know, this is what we need more. We need to bring that out, the raw emotions, not just as much as the maneuvers. Whoa. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Now that you, this, uh, this may be a, an answer where you have to just tune in and see again, but we'll hit you with it. Uh, the Brozilla on uh, Twitter. Now that you have more freedom at AEW, what can we expect to see from an unchained Miro? What you see, <laughs> what you see is going to be something that nobody told me to do. Uh, like it. When you're in a different place, I've told you, I've said, don't look at the people, don't smile. Put your hands up. Now put your hands down. Now step to the left, step to the right. Now grab a hold. Well, I don't want to grab a hold. Mm-hmm. I, I want to look at the people. I want to let the people win. Why would you tell me not to do that? Because as far as I know, I get the reaction that I want to. So that's what I'm looking forward not to having these chains because I'll be able to free and to explore and to do whatever the hell. I think it's the right thing to do. Not because somebody sitting backstage looking at their phone up and down decided, oh, I should do this at this second. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that's what you should expect. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Last question. Nate Rob 23 on Twitter. You play a lot of video games. So have you ever played any WWE video games using your own character? <laughs> <laughs> I love that reaction. <laughs> Hey, look, <laughs> I'm li- really looking forward to the AEW video game. I'll say that. Oh, we'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> talk eventually at one point. I'm <laughs> really looking forward to AEW video game. Even if we make like a WrestleFest style game, <laughs> it doesn't have to be the latest edition as long as it's good. You know, we go for good. But it was I, 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 like, I can't lie. It was it was definitely a, such a huge moment when you see yourself in a video game. Yeah. Because once again, you've played all your life. You've played all every single wrestling video game. And there's this one year that all of a sudden you are there, even though your rating sucks, but you don't <laughs> care about that, right? Because it's all about you. You don't have to go and spend four hours on the create a character to create somebody that looks like you. It's literally you. It's literally you. And I mean, again, I'm just very lucky, a very fortunate guy that to be able to live and experience that i wish everybody could and i know that everybody could experience that as long as you find as long as people find what do they want to do they find it and it's never too late to find that i was i didn't start wrestling until i was 24 and i thought it was way too late i thought at 24 the rock was a champion what 22 or brock or whatever it was i thought to myself i'm very late but I didn't care because I loved it. I never started wrestling thinking I was going to be a WWE or EAW or any kind of superstar. I just started wrestling because I love professional wrestling. So start doing what you love to do and see where it takes you. And I know that's kind of a moment of teaching or whatever. Not even teaching, it's just my experience. I can always share my experience. I never teach. I never, I never say, it. I, this is my experience. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, then. Find your own way. Oh man! Well, I definitely could say that you're uh, positive. Uh, you're so positive, and you're such a delight to be with. And and we we enjoy. We've enjoyed backstage at AEW since its inception, but we're going to enjoy it even more now. I think you're going to be contagious to everybody out there in the right way. Yeah, 
I yeah. hope so. I hope so. And and I've noticed all the kids and everybody else there is such a they're all so happy, man. Yes. They're yeah. all so happy. Everybody's just and that's what I said. The biggest difference is nobody's running backstage, nobody's sweating, nobody's having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. There's no paper thrown in, like uh, you know, like first, fourth, third, fifth draft. None of that. Everything is boom, boom. That's it. And everybody go. else do their thing, sit down, watch the show. What else do you want? That's right. It's a tremendous place. Miro, thank you. Thank you for your time, buddy. Yeah, we're of so course. happy to have you as part of our family. We're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Like, I'm just so much looking forward to working with you. I think the first time we met, I was like, dude, I'm a big fan. I'm kind of marking out right now. But hey, like, <laughs> I'm not going to We're all marks. Fuck it. Whatever. It's not, it's not weird marks. We just watch the product, watch it. Yeah. doesn't matter what kind of wrestling is. So at the same time, I would watch, I was in, in the other company watching AEW and I was like, oh, I love this guy. I love that guy. It's okay to be a mark. It's okay to be a fan. We make a mark sound such, such a like negative word. Oh no, I'm turning it around. Well, That's what I'm doing. Right, right, right. We should <laughs> because the marks, everybody's saying marks. No, those are fans who love the product. Exactly. Those are the fans who buy all your stuff. Like, and you know, Mark comes from back back in the day, the Carney days, with the marks in the back. And yeah, no, right. man, those are fans. Those are loyal fans. Sometimes those loyal fans won't like your product. Sometimes those loyal fans will turn away. But that's how fans are. And if you want them back, find what they want. All right. Well, we want to let you know that you can find Miro uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Two B Miro, and on YouTube at Two B Miro TV. Yes, Two B Miro TV YouTube. Yes, uh, we got some. Cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What's your Twitch again? Miro Twitch though. Miro Twitch. Miro T W C H. Yeah. I stream pretty much every day or when I'm not at work, 1 p.m. LA time. LA time. The right time. Not this East Coast the bullshit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Miro. Uh thank remember you. you can subscribe to AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. How? Tell me how. I want to go do where do you get your Yeah, where do you get your podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts. Oh, well, there. Okay, step <laughs> one is start listening to podcasts. <laughs> I go to Spotify. Well, you got you to gotta tell me how. That's what I'm asking you. If I'm a new listener or if I'm Miro in this case. <laughs> let me, let me. Open up the podcast app on your phone and search okay. AEW Unrestricted. You can go to Spotify. You can go to Apple. You can go to Google Play, whatever your podcast is. Type it in so and it then look for matter. the To Be Miro episode and download and listen to it. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what the platform is as long as I find... Yes, AW Unrestricted. Oh, yeah, we're everywhere, man. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Also, by the way, you can watch uh, the video episode on YouTube at tntdrama.com slash oh, all elite wrestling slash unrestricted podcast. And of course, tune in to Dynamite every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, 7 Central on TNT. TNT. I'm TNT. I'm oh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Miro. Thank you, guys. Love, you. Right. Love you guys. Love being here. I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. Let's go and create some more magic. Hell yeah. Sounds good. All right, I'm Tony Schiavone, and that's Aubrey Edwards who just clapped. Ah, I thought we were done. What the <laughs> hell, man? <laughs> Thanks for listening and watching AEW Unrestricted. Unrestricted.